uh, while we were testing out Ethan's mic earlier, I was testing out the recording equipment, and it is indeed actually recording now. Yay! <gasps> like, I double-checked this twice. Like, we did two uh, test recordings. They are MP3 files actually in my computer. I can play them on my iTunes so they can actually be edited. This is real. This is happening. We are back on the air. Yeah. <gasps> screwed over today because of that. And technology. So, I think that we're, we got a little Canadian cast connection there. It's tenuous. Tenuous at best. for community, strategy, and technology, hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, commandercast.com. We're recording this on March 30th, 2016. I'm your host of the show, William. I recently renewed my license, but I have yet to actually find a chair that tried to murder me. This bag is not going to like me. But hopefully, I brought on some people who do like me, including my perennial co-host, Calvin. How are you doing today, sir? It's all a lie. Nobody likes William. No one ever has ever liked William. True story. Yeah, like just just go back to episode 101 and li- and just listen to the deceiving hatred that our listenership has put out towards this man, and he is still all these all this time later still hasn't actually figured it out. Is he simple? Maybe. Hey everybody, my name is Calvin. That's I'm harsh. also Captain Redzo and around the internet. It's <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, Calvin's here. <laughs> Bring in, bring in the dark tones to Commander Cast. No kidding. Like I'm, like I'm sorry. It's, it's almost as if a curse has just befallen upon me, and I've just become a little bit more meaner, more vicious. One, more one might say, one might say there is a shadow over Commander Cast. Oh, oh, oh! oh, oh big oh, segue oh. for something we're not ready to talk about yet. <laughs> like, is that, is that foreshadowing I'm hearing? Clues would be so proud. I was gonna say, I think, I think we're all dropping clues as to what we're talking about today. <laughs> Maybe we should investigate later. This is, I made a This is the goal. I forgot that you done. So joining us today is one of my local friends, a guy I actually play regularly. Ethan, how are you doing today? Ah, uh, not too bad, not too bad. I uh, wasn't working today, so it was a pretty easy day. So, aside from a fellow level one hence spectacular, uh, what else do you do? Um, well, I uh, work with you at Card Academy, and um, I beat you at EDH. Uh, frequently, <laughs> especially when Titania. Yes, yes. If, if they've ever mentioned Titania in his local meta before, that was me. It's my signature. All right. And we've also got Brian. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right. So, Brian, where might people know you from? I am M- er, yeah, what's it? MTG Lord of Leaves on Twitter, and um, I'm a regular Commander player at Super Games and Gigabytes Cafe in the Atlanta, Georgia area. 
which is, of course, fantastic. So, we actually had Brian on a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, that was one of those episodes that was going to be way too awesome for the internet to actually handle, and Skype decided that it needed to save us from ourselves. Much like a certain, uh, figurehead. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, so Avison invented Skype. That actually explains everything. Oh, dear God, that actually does explain <laughs> everything! <laughs> That's why it's turned against. Oh my god, I trusted you, Skype Recorder. I tr- I trusted you and I loved you for what you did. Okay, so... Yeah, that's we... what you get for putting your faith in a Skype Recorder. You poor, poor soul. Alright, so, we are in fact doing our Shadows Over Internet preview show today. Uh, let's see, we did Dragons last week with Aaron and Eric. And then those two weeks before are just kind of a hazy fog. I can't actually quite recall everything there. But we are, in fact, moving forward. And we're going to start things off with a Commander cast favorite and classic, at least ever since it's over, favorite Commander of the Week. So, Brian, as the person who ended up losing his episode last time, I'll let you go first. Who's your favorite Commander this week and why? Alestia, who smiles at death, because you know what? Nothing makes me happier than turning sideways and killing the entire table, but four turn seven because they got mana screwed trying to be greedy. Wait, wait, wait. what's going on here? So, I have a, my Alicia Who Smiles at Death deck is a warrior tribal deck where I'm just turning things sideways. And, um, how things g- got started basically was I played Alesha, I played, um, Stone Hero Giant, and I played, um, there's an enchantment called, what's the name of that damn thing? It's a Mardu colored enchantment from Invasion Block that basically whenever a, a creature you control attacks, it gets plus two, plus two. Um, and I also played a couple of random small creatures after that, but it was just like, no one could really get off the ground fast enough, because they were dirtling. Shut up, Navi. And, you know, it, it's, they just, they just died, because Stone Hero Giant was going to get things like Sunforger, and people tried to destroy my enchantments, or my, um, my artifact, or my equipment, and Sunforger was like, no, I'm not having any of that. So, game got out of hand real fast. Nice. So, speaking of getting out of hand incredibly fast, Ethan, favorite commander this week? Alright, uh, so my favorite commander this week, um, it's a callback. Um, recently I've been like working on commander decks that are kind of a play on decks in other formats. So like, um, I have a Spawning Spiders deck because of the old Innistrad, and um, I saw this deck actually, um, one of the pros actually was playing it in 1v1, it was uh, Sam Black, and it looked a lot like this tokens deck that I had built during Fate Reforged, and um, it would just make a whole bunch of tokens really, really fast, and then it would just War Flare, and it was it killed really, really quickly, but it was super fragile, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to turn this, you know, nice Narset tokens idea into basically a limited EDH deck. So it's all your limited chaff that you've ever had, you know, raise the alarms, uh, midnight hauntings, all that stuff. And then every instant speed, like, buff your whole team that there is. And so, like, it can basically go from zero to kill you in a second. But, you know, it's also, you know, it's not it's not your typical Narset deck, so um, it ends up, like, dodging the odd pitfalls. So, like, it's not weak to Merciless Executioner like most Voltron builds are. But, yeah, it just, it's, it's a lot of fun to play, and it goes really quick. No, yeah, like, you know, Gideon's Phalanx... That stupid 7-mana instant from MTG Orange puts out four knights. Turns out making those for free is actually... Turns out making any of those token producers for free is really good because a lot of them are costed at what they are because of how many dudes you get. So you include all the anthems and the pump effects, and we actually just couldn't deal with that. 
Right, well, and, like, other things that are even in the deck, like Clone Legion, like, you can Clone Legion yourself. Like, just make double your tokens in, in Jeskai. It's outrageous. It, absolutely. We, so, we board wiped him three times, and he still killed the table? Jeez. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a lot weaker to board wipe than it is, but it's like, if Narset attacks once, and as long as I hit, like, two out of four, back on the board, and the enchantments just keep putting out value. Because remember, each of those things that make tokens kind of get broken up into different token values. It's just stupid value. Right. Well, and just, like, there's only three creatures in the deck. It's Talran, Monastery Mentor, Young Pyromancer, and then you have little things like Goblin Slide. So it's like, you know, you cast one spell, and then you trigger all these other effects that make, like, five tokens. And so it's just one spell off of Narset, you're back in the game, and you're back putting a whole bunch of pressure on people. Ooh, that actually reminds me. Uh, let's see. He's already got, you've already got Jessica Ascended, but there's like a Jin, I think, from the... Uh, yeah, from Skywise Lord. Teachings. Yeah, yeah. No, not Skywise Teachings. I'm talking about an actual creature. And I think he had, like, super prowess. Like, every, he would give all, your whole team one. Oh, Soul Blade Jin. There oh. we go. Ooh, that could go in there. Definitely. Alright. Yeah. Okay. That's been my favorite. Yeah. So, moving on. Calvin, who's your favorite this week? Uh, my favorite commander for the week, I'm going to go with Crush, the Blood Braider. Not because I've gotten a chance to play him, but because there's a chance that there's a large quantity of cards that we'll be discussing later on that will be helping me with rebuilding his deck a bit, especially with his, when creatures go to the graveyard ability. I have a strange feeling Crush is probably going to be getting a lot of love in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. Find out. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of feel the same way with, like, uh, my Olivia Valdarna. She's not my pick, though. So, for my favorite character of the week, I'm actually going with Sigarda, host of Herons, my ye old mistress. The so, one angel that didn't betray you? Yes, the one angel that didn't <laughs> betray me. I was so relieved when I saw her new art. Like, they hadn't actually revealed the card yet, but the new art was there, and I went, okay, I think she's actually going to be fine this set. Not maybe, not maybe the entire block, but at least this set, she's going to be okay. So I don't trust anything on Innistrad anymore. Yeah. So uh, for the majority of uh, last night, I was playing Olivia for our week, and Olivia needs some tuning. She's gonna get a lot of new cool stuff, with the madness cards and all that. But after you know the play group had whittled down a little bit, it was just the four of us left. It was finally t- time for me to switch over to Sagarda because Sagarda plays a lot more easily when there's four people or less, as opposed to a deck like Olivia that's supposed to be able to handle a deck a play group that's you know five or more. And Sagarda actually just destroyed everything, partly because another player had uh, put down Stony Silence and locked out our Mishra player. So <laughs> wait, Mishra? Of course he did. Yeah, Mishra. Uh, the uh, the uh, let's see, what was it? Mishra the Prodigy, Artificer Prodigy. Art Artificer Prodigy. Yeah. Was it a Possibility Storm deck? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That's really one of the few ways that you make that deck work. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait, wait, hold up. I'm pretty sure it's the way you make that deck work. I don't think there's another one. Yeah, but, you know, someone was playing Anathenza Hates the World every Wednesday on CW, and they had the turn two Sony Silence. So Mishra was just, you know, not in that game at all. Meanwhile, I'm not even sorry. Meanwhile, Mizzix is going crazy, you know, casting all sorts of spells, swinging ducks everywhere. But Sigarda actually kind of knocked Mizzix out in two hits because double strike and all that, and there wasn't anything Mizzix could really do about it. Because Anafenza just didn't have anything. Mishra was locked out. So after Mishra's dead, then Anafenza is super dead. And Sigarda proves once and for all that she is, in fact, the most underrated angel in that cycle. I don't know about that. I don't know. I always felt like yeah. she was, like, one of the most powerful, like, right under Gisela. She is one of the most powerful. But remember, on the when she Absent Restored first came out, 
it was, Oh my god! Absent makes everything indestructible! Get her into the col- Kalia decks! Armageddon! Urgh! Oh my god, Giselle doubles all the damage! This is my new forest commander! Urgh! Oh my god, Bruno does all the ores! All of the ores! Oh my god, Eldrazi conscription! Zagarda, she's good, but she's not flashy. I don't know. See, yeah, I always yeah. thought I always thought that Sagarda was the one that fit better to Auras just because she's hexproof and no one can make you sack her. Like, yep. get mm-hmm. get good luck trying to get rid of that. Well, then congratulations, you're one of the smart ones. But Thank Br- you. But Bruna, I remember she was. You might not remember, but she was a lot all over the place because she actually would just you know steal Sagarda Auras and get really stupid and co- kind of like a combo deck because maybe they were playing Corrupted Conscious too. Um. So yeah, Bruno was really popular as the de facto Voltron Aura commander back then. I'm really happy that's not the case anymore. Yeah, plus also blue, all the card draw, counter spells. It's Is like, still going to be pretty good. Ah, uh, we'll see. So that's. Hello. Uh, yeah, you still have it. So yeah, Sigarda, my favorite commander of the week. I love that girl just so much. I feel bad that I considered her a booty prize, you know, way back when, but we we just been through so much together. But now it's time for us to get to some of the other cards. But before we get to that, hey, if you guys like what we do here on CommanderCast, you want to go ahead and get on these conversations, go ahead, leave us a comment on our website, CommanderCast.com, or on the Facebooks, the Twitters, or even our YouTube channel. Now that I'm putting up the videos and our episodes on YouTube, I'm trying to get make sure I do that. But uh, sometimes, like, the, the video will, you know, upload and then not finish uploading. And it won't tell me until the day after. Then I'm like, balls. I don't actually have time to upload it again. But that's neither here nor there. But hey, if you want to go ahead and show a little more support, you can go ahead and head over to Patreon and kind of, you know, just just give us a tip. You don't have to give us a lot. You don't have to be one of the five. Just a tip. Yeah, just a tip. You don't have to be one of the five dollar p- patrons who get the uh, the alpha build early, or the ten dollar patrons who get the set reviews exclusive. You can just give us the tip, just one dollar. That's all you you uh, that's the absolute lowest that you could give us. And you know what? That would make us so happy. Just give one dollar, just that one tip. Right. So just give us a tip. Just a tip. But if a little extra happens to slide in, we're not going to complain. And we even have it here for a little bit extra. So you can slide it in at your leisure. Alrighty then. So, going into today's main topic, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the brand new commanders of Innistrad. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Now that I've gotten a chance to actually look at the full spoiler list, I'm actually kind of wondering, where is Gisela? Gisela and Bruna are both not there. I'm thinking we're going to see him in Block 2. It's or, funny because, I like... I mean, it's just it's like, because Gisela didn't even come across my mind until William mentioned it. I was like, you know, oh, yeah, that's actually right. I do remember the Powerpuff Girl. Where are the other two? And, you know, if, if Avacyn is the red-white one for this set, then where does that leave Gisela? So, today, for Shadows Over Industry, we actually have five commanders. That is, like, almost half as much as we had to talk about last week. But fortunately, we have more people to talk about this week. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Archangel Avacyn. Oh, uh, this is This is the big one. This is, like, the de facto boom. This is what this set's about. Spoiler, they started on complete, complete with Christine Sprankle Cosby. Archangel Avacyn. Three, white, white. Four, four, flash, flying, vigilant, angel. When she enters play... 
creature's control gain destructible until end of turn. But if a non-angel you control dies, you have to transform her at the beginning of the next upkeep. So, oh yeah. So let's talk about that side first. Mono White Avacyn. I actually like this quite a bit. I did a uh, when the the legendary creature spoiler was coming out. I did some impromptu preview videos for the YouTube channel. And I said, you know, I like this quite a bit. It's actually kind of what I'm trying to do with uh, with Avacyn's Guardian Angel, the one that has the, uh, the color ability. And there's some really cool stuff that you can do with it. There's enough blinking and flickering in white. They can go ahead, reuse her effect, reshield. So you can actually kind of go pretty wide with a uh, with a token-type build because then rasps aren't going to slow you down nearly as often. And you can find ways to constantly reuse that. But guys, what do you think about her front side? And not only the white flickers, you also have things like flicker, for, or not flicker form, but um, heat shimmer or different things like that, where you could use those to make copies of her, even if the copy could be sacrificed through the legend rule, but things of that nature where you could just use those in addition with, like, Sunforger. I was going to um, say, this seems built for Sunforger. Like, you got Cloud Shift, you have Ghost Way, everything you could pretty much want. And to eerie grab interlude. to blink her. Right, and eerie, yeah, eerie interlude, the new ghost fight. Like, pretty much anything you want here, like, to flicker that. And the fact that it has flash means that, you know, you're, there's never a bad time to play her. So, you know, you can always hold up, wait till the end of turn, flash it in anyway if you just want to put that pressure on. You can even flash it in in response to somebody killing your thing so that Avacyn will flip. Yeah. So... About that flip side. So if you just... Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, Calvin, did you have something? Yeah, like the one thing I would have to say I like about this particular Iverson is that I like the idea that they keep up with the flavor of her being a protector. Like the original one was indestructible, made your things indestructible. The second one that William loved so much prevented damage, so she still kind of had that protection thing going on. And even still, on her front side, when she's happy and she's good and everything's going her way, She's showing up and she's protecting the squad, making sure nothing happens. Everyone's safe. Oh, but man, man, when she fails at her job. <laughs> so, if you're confused about why we're naming you know, red cards like Heat Shimmer, Sunforger, and you actually just haven't been looking at any of the spoilers because you wanted you know to be surprised or something previous, then for one, spoiler alert: Why are you wa- listening to a preview show? <laughs> right. Two, Abson has. In fact, a second side, because she's a double-faced card. So on our other side, we have Avacyn the Purifier, which is Avacyn when you add an unholy strength. She goes to 6-5, she is flying, she loses her vigilance. When this creature transforms into Avacyn the Purifier, she deals 3 damage to each other creature and each opponent. So, kind of a mini board wipe right now. And... It's like... Just... Ooh. Yeah, it's like both halves of Slidestorm. Like, it's just great. Yeah. Thing, thing's a limited bomb. I don't know how you really, like, beat it. Especially if you can, like, ah, man. I don't know. It just kills everything. So, like, if I lose a creature, I actually just completely wipe your board with Narset, right? Oh, tsh, absolutely. Not close. Oh, and Narset like, dies to the, the AoE thing, too, because Narset's a 3-2. Jesus. Right. Like, I, I basically have to hope at that point I've got, like, intangible virtue and dictate out, so they're just not that small. But it's it's going to be close. I, most of my stuff's pretty dead. So one of the topics that we were talking about, you know, and I think this is the first one that you know Skype recorder actually ate, was how to play kind of a Boros control deck. Because remember, this is in fact a Boros card. And I'm uh, we've temporarily lost Calvin. So I'm going to try to prop someone was probably just to call because he uses Skype on his phone, <laughs> and anytime someone calls um, him, it knocks him off Skype. So hey, Calvin, back with us? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. 
So, one of the episodes that Skype recorded eight involved us talking about how to play kind of a Boris control. This is... Avacyn probably feels the closest to being able to be a good Boris control commander to come up with, right? Absolutely. Closest, closest other option is Anya. Uh, I don't know. Anya feels more aggro to me. I personally like Brian without arm as a control commander. Because he's the ultimate um, rattlesnake. You'd be like, hey, don't, don't come at me because he's sitting there not attacking. But if you do something wrong, you step out of line. I'm throwing something at you. I don't know. Plus, I, I've I've seen the Anya build with like Pyrohemia, and it just pings the entire board every turn until it's indestructible, and it's real. <laughs> at that point, it's just you're done. Like I see what you mean with Brian, though. What do you think, Calvin? Uh, I would personally say that uh, the new Avacyn is ideal for a control build. You flash her in, make your stuff indestructible, so you know wraps don't affect anything. When she does get a chance to flip over, she can start taking things out, and that trigger can be active. Wait. Is it? Uh, I keep getting confused. Can that trigger be activated multiple times? No. No. Because this is, remember, I, they changed the uh, the transformation I, rules. I, so keep, that... I keep, and I keep forgetting about the rule change for the transformation. But still, like you know, like she can still flip over, and then you can always like you know, I guess recast her and get her to do it again later on or whatever. But you know, if you get nice a nice little like like uh, you can transform an anti raft. Right. Yeah, I was so gonna you have, say like, an anti raft just... and the raft. Like Lane was saying, you transform her, she, with the three damage on the stack, you cloud shift her, all your stuff's indestructible, board wipes everyone but you. That's not bad. Alright, so overall, everyone's actually very happy about this card, except for me, right? Yes. You're happy about this card, you just don't want to admit it. I don't! Because this should not have happened to her! Why? Hey, hey look. when the Harry comes a-knocking, people's gotta, gotta do some stuff. Yep, blame the Harry. Like, like, listen, William. If there's one thing I've come to learn about life, just because you're a good person doesn't mean bad stuff don't happen to you. But it's not yeah. happening to me, it's happening to her. Yeah, exactly. Just because she's good and just because everything seems perfectly fine doesn't mean something ain't going to happen that's just going to send her life down into a spiral of flames and fires where people are dying all over the place. She loses one person, one non-angel person, and then she just goes on a murdering rampage and just kills everything. <sighs> This is why you don't piss off your friends, especially when they're female. Five out of five would like. Yep. Yes. All right, so moving on to our next returning character, Calvin. So, let's see. Our next returning character would happen to be the legendary uh, Obi-Wan Obi of the set, the old man with the lightsaber. That's Adric, Lunark uh, Marshall. <laughs> He's three colorless and a white. He's a legendary human soldier. He's a 3-3. At the beginning of each combat, Hold on a second. You guys hear that kid screaming in the background? Yep. That child is screaming because I'm reading off Audric. Even the babies in this house are excited about Audric. <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning of each combat, creatures you control gain first strike until end of turn. If a creature you control has first strike. And the same is true for flying, death touch, double strike, haste, hexproof, indestructibility, lifelink, menace, breach, soak, trample, and vigilance. No banding or watch. Zero and ten would not play. <laughs> Cards nuts. I don't know what you're talking about. But you can't flank or band. I don't understand. <laughs> it doesn't have shadow either. Come on, guys. But it's literally well, shadows over Innistrad. But it's literally but, a, an old fogey. But but guys, then he wouldn't have thirteen keywords mentioned there. They've got to stick with a the thirteen theme, guys. Hold oh, on. dude, hold on, that's hold on. fair. Hold on, son of a bitch. <laughs> What the actual fuck, wizards? <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay, 
So, the flavor in this set, man. That card is my favorite. Okay, so Audric Moonark Marshall. The first thing you think of is, okay, get some guys out and go wide, right? You can go ahead, get out your flyers, go ahead, get some vigilance and double strikers, and they're all going to share abilities together. But, and it's relevant, equipment. Oh, yes. A don't hear a giant. Memorial. Mm. No, you can save money. You don't even have to worry about a Chromos Memorial. Just get your equipment, man. You'll be fine. Equipment and auras. Uh, uh, let's, let's leave the auras at home. We don't want Bruno to steal those. Yeah, I'd rather not give crazy cannons. But it's just like, this guy just makes me so happy. Because it's just, like, you just have, like, I think, alright, so you have... Um, the Chariot of War, and then there's this new, the new cape or whatever that came, or not even, uh, Chariot of War, but, uh, Sword of Vengeance, plus you have any combination of, like, two other things, and you probably get most of those things covered, and it's just like, alright, well, all these little tokens that I have are gonna get all these abilities, just like, oh, okay, and maybe if you have a god active or two, so they're, they're spreading their, their stuff out, just like, okay, so all my stuff's indestructible, they're all, they're all gonna have flying or, or death touch, or, or hex proof, or it, it's just gonna get real silly real fast. This guy is really impressive to me. Oh, absolutely. What do you think? Like, now, well, granted, now, well, granted, Skype has decided to kill me in the middle of me talking about how awesome Audric is, but apparently it seems like everybody else was able to pick up the slack while I was gone. But the one thing I do kind of want to point out about this particular card is it is the first card that we will be discussing of the night. Oh, Calvin, and he's gone. Can't hear him. One more time, Kevin. It picks up on the 13th cycle of all the cards that are here in Innistrad. Well, not all the cards, but the cards that are in Innistrad, here in Innistrad that involve the number 13. Because Audric is going to give you 13 abilities if you can get all 13 down on the field. And so what two... I'm hearing is a 13-themed EDH deck. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Right. Someday, someday I'm going to have an Odric with all 13 keywords. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Challenge accepted. And he'll do it, too. Some of them. Yeah. Oh, man. This 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 guy really makes me happy, though. I, I, even though I probably won't end up building him because I already have my mono-white deck in Heliod, like, this guy will be in almost every white deck that I build just because this guy's busted. I Like, oh, man. That's the thing I mean, about Audric. Like, both of them are actually, like, on that point where I'm like, I don't understand why I wouldn't put them both in, like, like, if this is how Audric is going to be, I can't wait until he shows up and, like, until we get back to Ennis Drive. I want Audric to get a spark just so I could see an Audric Planeswalker. Oh, yes. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Now, guys. Yeah, this is definitely going in my Ojitai deck. Now, as a secondary notion, guys, Audric, live action movie, would have been played by Christopher Mc, right? Right? Mm. Oh. I, I, I gotta look at this picture it. a little closer here. Hang on. Like I just look at that. I just look at him and I go, Yeah. I, I want Chris what? Lee to play what? that guy. I, I can see it. I, can I don't know. Does anyone watch Game Connery. of Thrones? No. Yeah. I, not the not the last couple. Okay. Well, there's a dude in Game of Thrones, and uh, they call him the Onion Knight. He looks like that guy. Hmm. I don't know. Wrong crowd. Whatever. What about Sean Connery? I can see Sean Connery. I can see Sean Connery. I can see Sean Connery being Audric. Uh, no, I, I think Davos or Davos could, could, I guess. Yeah, that okay, it, thank yeah. you. You knew who I was talking about. Yeah, I, I could see it, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think Chris Lee was probably, I, I like Chris Lee a little bit better looking at it. Cause, you know, he's already got the slick back hair for the most part. 
And Sean Connery's got his little balding, like, he's, but he's, he's got not a zombie. Balding. Oh, I remember this guy now. Yeah, no, totally. Saruman, Saruman yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I think Chris Lee's fine. Well, but he's not a zombie. Oh, well. Okay, so... I don't want Audric to be a zombie either, so... Alright, so overall, Audric is a home Oh, dear God, don't make Audric a zombie. No, please don't. No, uh, do. Just... Then he could have Swamp Lock, too. No, no, stop it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or Dredge. Let's give him Dredge. I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Just naming Ooh, keywords. Wait. <laughs> Alright, guys, so, going on like, to... Like, if you get Dredge, I'm all on it. Like, I, like I'll kill Audric for some more Dredge. No, please. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. All right, guys. So, Audric, win-win. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Eleven out of ten would play in every deck and twice on Sundays. Don't you mean five out of seven would play? Don't you, oh, mean, you mean one over three? Uh. <laughs> n- no. Meh. Third. I'll I'll do the thirteen out of ten. Let's not do the one over three. That that sounds like fractions. So I, I want no part of that. All right then. So going on, we have yet a new map. We have she who does not like touching the ground at all, Olivia, mobilized for war. And I say that because someone pointed out that in every art that you see with Olivia, she's hovering in the ground or flying or something like that. Apparently, she just doesn't like getting dirt on her feet. Well, it's not her feet that she's worried about getting dirt on. It's that third leg that she's worried about getting dirt on. No, see, I don't think that's a leg. I think it was actually what she's holding right now, which is that sword. Because Olivia, mobilized for war, is a vampire knight. So, for three mana, one black red, you get a 3-3 flyer. That's right. Olivia is not only a flying knight, she is a 3-3 flying knight. Whenever another... 4-3. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may discard a card. If you do, put a 1-1 counter on that creature. It gains haste into the turn, and it becomes a vampire in addition to its... So, Olivia is very much... I get the feeling that she's very much a madness... In the sense that, you know, they put her in there and designed it like that because they want to enable a lot of madness shenanigans. But, Ethan, you actually had a different idea of this. Um, yeah. So I have a Marchesa the Black Rose deck, and this is pretty much everything I could ever want in my life for Marchesa the Black Rose. So, okay, like, just to break it down, it's whenever another creature enters the battlefield, not even cast. So, like, when Marchesa brings them back, this works. And it gets a 1-1 counter, which resets Marchesa, and it gives it haste, so I can then immediately attack with it. Like, it pretty much is everything I could have ever asked for. Like, I only wish she did it to herself. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Like, I I think this card is amazing. It's a flavor win. I, I love the name. I love the art. Like, this card is going to see so much play in several formats. I can see it being in standard. I can even possibly seeing it being in modern, depending on the on the, like, madness cards that come out of the woodworks. But you also have things like Bloodgath that keep coming back with Landfall as well, and that's also a vampire as well, so oh, there are other ways to do that. that. So, yeah, I, I could see that as well. I've already got mine pre-ordered, so I'm really stoked about this card. Um, my only regret is that she's not Mardu, because I would so build Tribal Knights, because I've been looking for a Mardu commander so I can run all of the knights from way back in the day. You can play Hakan Stronghold. The 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 probably like the best synergy I can think of with Olivia is just Squee. Like that's outrageous. Yeah. You just return it every turn, and you just give something haste and a counter, and it's like, what do you even do? Like, oh God, it's first, zero lost value. First that's hilarious, po- guys. First we pop clues. Now we're killing off Squee. Joey, get the hell out of there! 
Yeah, in Australia, and even not then, a good place for the people, for the people of Monday Night Magic. Sweet and Olivia is modern legal. Oh my gosh, that's freaking hilarious. So, Doing it. Okay, so, oh god, this is awesome. So, definitely a strong card. But what about as the head of her own? Like, I can see this coming being there for, like, enabling reanimation, right? Like, she just changed the- mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we need a little bit more madness in the next set. But I think if you keep using things like Squee or um, – there aren't a ton of things that bounce themselves back to your hand from the graveyard that I can think of well, right now. Well, we could well, use Dredge. I was going to say that, that, like, Dredge totally works. Like, a lot of stuff that you wouldn't even necessarily think about. Like, there's some older Madness cards that, that work with it. Like, there's Big Game Hunter, which is, like, a pet card for me in Commander that was the first thing I thought of when I saw this. Like – um, you can even discard something like uh, Increasing Ambition, stuff with Flashback. You know what just popped into my head is using um, Marton's, or not Marton's Stromgall, the um, Hakon of the night guy who lets you cast knights out of your graveyard. Oh, and then yeah. you either Conspiracy or Ashes of the Fallen, I think it's called. Yeah. It turns all the cards in your gra- all the creature cards in your graveyard a certain creature type. Just do that and be able to cast stuff like that out of your graveyard and just keep discarding stuff as well as having all the dredge mechanics. Like, there's a lot of space where you can make this work with her if you really wanted to. Right, like, even even and, stuff like Palace Siege or Oversold Cemetery is fine. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you just keep having the dredge stuff feeding your graveyard. Man, guys. And one and of the other things about her is, is, like, because it's whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it doesn't have to be, like, from your hand. So, yeah. like, if you were to have her and say, I don't know, like, discard one of those, uh... Children? Uh, what's, what, what, no, what's the vampire? The, uh, the one that goes to the blood graveyard gas. and has landfall, blood gas? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's like, you could, like, like, play a creature, discard blood gas, blood gas into, you know, graveyard, drop a land for the turn, blood gas comes back, now you can use that, uh, thing to give blood counter, now use her ability again to then discard something else from your hand, Along the lines of like one of the shambling skeletons or whatever or cards that you can just bring back from the battle from the graveyard back to the battlefield, and then just kind of oh have like gosh, this chain just... of like just have like this chain of like weenie little creatures that show up, get a plus one counter, become vampires on top of it, and then put something else that goes in the graveyard that will be coming back next turn anyway. It seems like a great commander to make use of like all those random cards that have hellbent that just don't see playing commander like infernal tutor. Seems like it would go right, very, very well, just right in the stack. And not only yeah. that, but guys, remember, she's also giving those things that come into play, plus one, plus one, haste. counters, and haste. Which means that Grave Titan that she Ooh. just got into play is swinging, and you just made, like, four tokens. Oh, and the, the tokens, if you have the enough cards in your play. hand, could be Let attacking, too. <laughs> and the tokens that came into play after Grave Titan swung, they get them come in, they get two plus one, plus one, they get a counter. They don't. They get haste, but they ain't gonna get to use it. But you do get. This card gets card. better the longer I look at it. It's oh, like if you, like you have her out on the field, you cast Grave Titan. You could literally discard five cards from your hand. All right then. So Olivia, Ace out of Ace. Absolutely. Yeah. This. <laughs> the more like like oh wow. The more I think about this card, it just it, oh man. Yeah, it, it's definitely a ten out of ten. All right then. So, Brian, why don't you go ahead and reintroduce us to my girl, Sigarda? Sigarda, Heron's so Grace. <laughs> uh, she's three color, or three generic green and white for a legendary creature, Angel. She's a flying, she has flying, and she, she says, you and humans you control have hexproof. 
You may also pay two and exile a card from your graveyard. That's any card. Put a 1-1 white human soldier creature token onto the battlefield. And it's a 4-5. Like, this card really makes me happy for a number of reasons. She, like, though she doesn't protect herself anymore, I think that's fine. We have enough ways to protect her to where, like, I think there's... There was a human soldier or human knight from the last commander product, Bastion of, um, oh, Bastion Protector, that made all your, com- your all commander creatures you control indestructible. That's also yep, a human. 2-2 two, two and indestructible. Yeah, Arlen yep. Stark. <laughs> yeah, basically. And, um, that's a human, so that protects her, and then you just find a way to give her hexproof, like, uh, Swiftfoot Boots, or, um, any of those other things. Just like you can protect her and she protects the rest of your army. So she can have Audric or any of these other awesome humans like uh, Captain Sisse to go find your other legendary creatures. Or she can go into oh, a Captain oh, Sisse deck and that's the oh, part that I'm most excited about. she's even a about. human. Yes, she is. I'm oh. so excited to put her in my Captain Sisse deck. Uh, um, William's probably glad right now I took mine apart. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. Uh, she also protects Sirach, um Huntcaller. Or a whole bunch of other awesome humans. Like, there are a lot of good humans in Magic that you could build a human tribal deck. And I love myself some tribal. Mayor of Averbrook and all this other stuff. Um, Thraben Doomcaller to make human tokens. Oh, man. There are a bunch of things you can do with Sigarda. It's... I mean, I, I she's not as powerful as some of the other commanders that we've talked about, but I think she... She does. She can do a lot. She can, and if you ever get in a pinch where you just need chump blockers, hey, you have that random land in your graveyard. Let's exile it. Make a let's make a oh, chump blocker. It is right just there. a card. That's yeah, even it's not better. a creature card. Oh my any gosh. random card. So if you have a random spell that you're never planning on getting back, let's just go ahead and get rid of that. Or if somebody wants to exile a specific card out of your graveyard, or even steal a card out of your graveyard, or they want to what's it um spell twine a card out of your graveyard. No, let's just go ahead and get rid of that and fizzle your spell twine. So oh. it's it's um there's a lot of things you could do with this card. Absolutely. Well, and like even just other angels from the original block have a lot of synergy. Like you have a angelic overseer that as long as you control a human, it's indestructible. And like angel of glory's rise that just fits so perfectly into that archetype. Nope. What do you think, Calvin? Ooh. <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, the one thing I do kind of like about her though is the fact that she doesn't have hexproof because. And to be honest, when she had hexproof before and she made everything it had hexproof, and when Averson was indestructible and she made everything indestructible, I get it. But those were like kind of like cards where I look at them and I'm like, yeah, they're powerful. I understand where they're coming from. But in the same token, I kind of hate the fact that this card also has it because then it makes it almost impossible to deal with without having to go into some corner case scenario, you know? But at least since she doesn't have it, you can at least work around it, try to figure out a way to deal with her. Am I still there? Yeah, you're here. Yeah. Right, I'm just double checking. Wasn't sure. Got kind of quiet. Thought Skype might have killed, killed me. <laughs> Don't want to be sitting and speaking into the ether. Come to find out, I ain't saying shit. Well, no, but, no, you absolutely are talking shit right now. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm talking all the shit. Shots fired. But, but like that's one thing. So I kind of enjoy the idea. Like you know, she doesn't have it, but if you want her to have it, you got to give some. Got to find a way to give her a way of getting it, like with the boots or something like that. And then we gotta find a way to get rid of that. Then we can work around getting her. Or you know, if the boots don't, if she don't put the boots on fast enough, we can just snipe her right out the air. All right. So overall, though, she, I'm kind of underwhelmed personally. 
I, I was gonna say, I would say like solid like seven out of ten. Like, I don't think she's like broken, but she's cute. Yeah, like I, I, I see this as a C tier commander. I don't know if I'd go far as C tier. That that student sounds a little low. Maybe B. Alright, how's oh. about we cut the middle and go with either a B minus or a C plus? I like that. Yeah, I, I'll stick with a solid B. So... Right. B minus it is. Ethan. <laughs> yes. I, you know, there's an old adage about people who, you know, they can't really talk, their voice gets kind of scratchy. You know, it sounds like they have a froggy. But I never <laughs> yes. imagined that the table would get turned like this. Well, now, instead of me having a frog in the throat, somebody else is in the frog's throat. Because you can see his little dangly arm just right out there. But yes, obviously... The Gitrog monster is the last command or the last legend that we haven't talked about. Um, it has Death Touch. It is a six-six per five, which already out of the gate is you know it, it passes the vanilla test on its own. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. Oh darn! But because you can play an additional land on each of your turns. Gee, what is green that gets lands back from your graveyard? Maybe life from the loam? Um, and then, whenever one or more lands are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. That's the part that got me, is that it's from anywhere. This card, to me, is exactly what I would have wanted. And I'm a little biased, because I'm a dirt mage at heart. So, like, I love playing lands decks. William can attest to this. If it, if it exists as a lands deck, I've built it at one point or another. I had... I was throwing lands with Borvarigmos, I was sacking lands with Titania, and I you can be sure I'm going to be dredging lands with that frog. Yeah, like, as soon as I realized that she had uh, that the lands could come from every, anywhere, I was like, oh, this is completely a Golgari frog. Like, the um, it, it was brought to my attention that you have something like Zombie Infestation, right? And you have Dakmore Salvage, which is the land with dredge. You just flip yeah. your whole deck over. Like, it's... you. You basically can't whip because you draw a card from discarding the uh, the Dakmore Salvage, and you use that to just dredge more, and then you hit lands off of the dredge, and then you dredge more. Like there's you, there's no chance, and you know it goes so well with cards like Worm Harvest, any Reanimator spell. Like you just the fact is, is like at the end of all of it, you know you you get back the Dakmore Salvage, you have a bunch of zombies from the zombie infestation, and then you can. You know, sack them to dread return something. This is going to be a combo commander, no doubt in my mind. So yeah, frog monster. Uh, yeah, frog tribal. That's I would all love you... to see frog tribal. <laughs> that's all we really but... need to say. Like the Gitro, mo- a lot of these commanders, with the exception of Sigarda, I feel were just incredibly unique, compelling. And just great spins on already established characters. I, I, yeah, I felt that they did a great job with the Legends in this set. Even if they weren't necessarily the best, just flavor-wise, they were fantastic. I can agree with that. My, hope, my, my view of it is, is that seeing as how this is the first of the new um, cycle of, of the new way that the decks and the expansions are going to be put out, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, from this point forward, that all the Legends and all the cards in here kind of fit into this thing where... They're not trying to force a certain number of creatures into one particular thing just because they need to do it. Or they're not trying to figure out a way to just expand more legends from one set to another because they have to have it for three sets. 
if this is the type of legends we're going to be getting, and then next set we get a few, a handful more that are actually just as good as these, I'm cool. And then when we get to the next set after that, if we're getting a bunch of legends that fit into that set as well as these do, I have no more complaints about the way that they're doing their cycle rotation. Absolutely. All right, then. So, those were the brand new commanders. Let us know what you think. Is there any particular commander you want to be... Did you pull it over the pre-release, or are you really excited to get it when the release comes out later this week? Let us know in the comments, on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, all the great things. But next up, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a look at the other 99, because we have some really, really sweet tech coming up in this set. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. And I am going to... I told myself I wouldn't do it, but I can't stand on my knees no more, so I'm going to try to get that chair, and hopefully it's not going to murder Ooh, my back. Wow. <laughs> not even going to ask. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm a little speechless. A little bit. Huh. Okay, here we go. Moving on to the next segment. Other 99, we in fact are going to kick things off because we have four planeswalkers and there happen to be four of us, so why not? First one we're going to start with is really Nahiri. No, Harbin. no, no. Maybe I'll start with you. Unraveler. Uh, do we have to? We have to. <laughs> But, uh, so what you're saying to? is that what you're saying is we have to eat our vegetables first and then we can get to our dessert. <sighs> All right. I'd rather have vegetables. Jace. Three blue blue comes into play with five loyalty. Planeswalker Jace. Jace, Jace, Jace. Jace, Jace. Jace, Jace. Jace. So plus one, you Jace. Minus two, you Jace. Minus eight, you probably Jace. I, th- th- Moving right along. Yeah. They're like plus one, you Jace. Minus one, they Jace. And then you Jace. Then in minus eight, you just Jace the game. Ugh. Yeah, it's. The first person who ever ults this card is, I will kill them first in every game going forward. Alright, so we've got plus one. Jason will scry one, and then draw you a card. So, okay, digging around, looking for clues, getting you some inside information, alright. Nate 2, turn target creature to its owner's hand. That's not bad defensive power. And then the limit break, minus 8. You get an emblem with, whenever an opponent casts his or her first spell each turn, counter that spell. Oh my god, it's Ryo's essence. Ugh. Which Kill the blue players. Kill them yeah. all. Literally, same. Like what, have, like, what have we done? Why, why why are you still here? To quote clues, you know, they, R&D must have just been like, you know, all these blue players still have friends. We need to fix that. This is how they did that. It's just, why? Why, why would they do this? Why? <sighs> you know there's going to be that awful person out there, though, that is going to have the, the Jace emblem and the Narset emblem Ugh. at the same time. Just yeah, throwing it out there. Both know it's going to be... Yes, we do, William. Yes, we do. It's going to be that person who just likes, just be like, you know what? That's fine. Um, I'm going to Genesis Wave for billion, and then I'm going to hit Doubling Season and Jace and all these other Planeswalkers, and you can't cast spells anymore. This was fun, right? right? Yeah, and at that point, we now continue playing the game, tell that asshole to leave the table, and just pretend like nothing's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> seriousness, as a card, I actually like this Jace quite a bit. You know, top deck filtering, then drawing, it's actually a plus ability. So, you know, you're getting advantage while building up a certain time clock that they have to actually deal with if they want to be able to still play Magic. 
the templeness of the Mice 2, you know, some you don't actually want to give people another chance at a Titan or at the uh, Ewood or any other bounce effects like that. But when someone taps out to get a big thing out, like say a Tarka, and then you know, Ar- 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 you just go neg two bouncer back, you basically time walk. I think the person who cast a Tarka and didn't kill the Jason with the Enter the Battlefield trigger is doing it wrong. Unless you're talking about World Render, in which case I can forgive them. Well, but then they're doing it wrong because they don't have haste and didn't kill the Jace right off the bat. So well, even still then, doing it wrong. Jace doesn't have to be on the field for that to happen. They could just be, okay, play my big dragon. Okay, Jace, bounce. Fair enough. Oh, Jace. All right. Yeah. So, I, I think he's a good card. Doesn't mean I have to like him. <laughs> no, you don't. So let's go on to some other cards that you guys do like. First up, let's go ahead and have, let's see, I believe it's going to be Ryan. Nahiri. Oh. No, Calvin's got Nahiri. I mean, I can do Nahiri, which, whichever one you want me to do. Nahiri, no. the Harbinger. Oh. All right, Calvin, go ahead. Two colors, red, white, Boros in the house. Planeswalker Nahiri, starting loyalty, four, plus two. You may discard a card, and if you do, draw a card. Minus two, exile target enchantment, tapped artifact, or tapped creature. Minus eight. Search your library for an artifact or creature card and put it onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. It gains haste. Return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Now, the plus two ability for this particular planeswalker, you know, you can pay, you can, when you can bump her up, you could discard a card and draw a card if you choose to. But it is May, so you can't just give her a plus two loyalty and then just call it a day. Don't do anything. It's a little baby exactly as it is. Yeah. Or you can go ahead, you know, this because in these particular colors, some of the things that are most annoying to deal with are enchantments and artifacts. And I'm actually kind of glad it doesn't say something stupid like tapped enchantment, because I can't really think of too many enchantments that ever end up going sideways intentionally. Both now, yeah. And I'm really liking the, like, minus eight, because I can search my library for a creature and just put it on the battlefield, and I can just swing with it. Which means, like, if I get to that point, like, I could just bring out Titans, or I could just bring out the biggest, baddest thing I have in my deck, and then Eldrazi just randomly show up, attack, and then bounce. So what I was Even thinking if- about with this was that you could have, like, Angel Serenity, so all those cards you discarded with that Boros Reanimator deck, just, like, discard mm. random cards, and then Angel Serenity, get your stuff back at the end of turn, and then you'll be able to cast her next turn and get rid of other people's stuff. Or yeah. again, even in a human's deck, Angel of Glory's Rise. Oof. Seems so, good. Seems alright. I bet, let me break ch- kind of, on the one hand, it's awesome that you switch your deck for anything and put it into play, but the fact that it bounces back to your hand. Not anything, that's creature and artifact. You know, well, I'm assuming you're playing primarily creatures and artifacts. Like, you can get out your spine of Ishaw. You know, there's gonna be that guy who plays it with, uh, Blightsail Colossus. Yeah. But, I, I don't know, the loot, having it bounce back to your hand. Well, it's, it's just... Like, you're also in white, so once the card comes out and you've attacked with it during the second main phase, that's when you just do something to just, you know, blink it in and out. That's true. And then it just resets itself, and now it's back, and it's it's almost like it had vigilance for a brief second here. Or Contra's Closet, same deal. Yeah. Like, I'm envisioning this in, like, some kind of Boros Reanimator shell, just like you're discarding fatties... And like you either ha- like they're either artifact creatures, and you can use like Goblin Welder to switch them out of your graveyard back into play. You can get like Mer Battlesphere, bring it into play, attack with it, sacrifice it to something like um, Astronaut's Altar, Ready? then get one switch the um, the Battlesphere with one of the Mirror Tokens with the Welder, just like 
do all sorts of crazy shenanigans with this with the old. But like, I guess we shouldn't really be evaluating the this planeswalker just based on the old. Like, it's still a solid removal spell with the minus two, and you're still getting some sort of card selection. It's not as good as the Reddies, but it's it's still not bad for a red-white planeswalker. So yeah, and she does have the ability to exile like three relevant card types. Yeah. It's like, oh, that Gilded Lotus, that was cool. You used it one night last turn after you cast it. Um, let's go ahead and get rid of that. And again, Exile, also, Exile just is one of the most powerful which you have. Yep. All right, so all about that in a hearing. Let's go on to the next one. Brian, we got us a little. Oh, Arlen Cord. How is she? <laughs> Two generic, one red, one green. Planeswalker Arlen. She comes in with three loyalty at the start, um, plus one. Until end of turn, up to one creature you control gets plus two, or no, it's just up to one creature, target, up to one target creature gets plus two, plus two, engage vigilance and haste. Um, zero, put a two, two green wolf to- creature token onto the battlefield. Transform Arlen Cord. When you do that, she becomes Arlen, embraced by the moon. And her abilities are plus one. Creature you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. Her minus one is Arlen, Embraced by the Moon, deals three damage to target creature or player, then transform Arlen, Embraced by the Moon. And then her ultimate is minus six. You get an emblem with creatures you control have haste and tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. Card is real good. Oh, man. So basically, if you have any kind of token makers, which is right up my alley, you just zero, flip her over to the other side, and then next turn, get to pump your team and then swing them in. Just, oh man. And then if you have fatties on the board, just like, alright, well, give this one plus two plus two, vigilance and haste. Even if it, like, if it entered the turn, the haste is relevant. If not, vigilance is still good for being able to keep blockers up. Then that ultimate is just nuts. Just like, alright, so I'm gonna keep all my dudes back to block. And then at the end of turn, if no, no one did anything, let's just kill stuff that I, I don't like or just start killing people by tapping my creature to deal damage. Oh, and they all have haste, no matter what happens. So, just like, it's really good. And, like, she could conceivably ult the turn she comes in with a chain veil. You do the zero, chain veil, and then ult. I mean, it's with doubling season, obviously. But, you know, I think that's on um, on commander, and that means take a drink. So, yeah, do that. But it's card is just really good in any kind of red-green deck, because that's generally what red-green is trying to do. Get creatures and build a board, and then start beating face. So, can't really ask much more for a red-green planeswalker. Ethan, what do you think? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm actually not a really big fan of this one. Um, like, like, okay, yeah, it comes into play. It's four mana. It it makes a wolf, and you know, it transforms. That's cool. I like the gimmick of it. Um, but I kind of none of the abilities seem super relevant. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the time. I'd rather just have a Huntmaster, even an EDH. Like, it's a Planeswalker, sure, so, like, occasionally it'll fog you, but I don't know. I actually, the plus one doesn't seem like it's, like, all that relevant. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like it's, I don't like it's minus one that it deals three damage and flips. The only thing I like about this card is it's ultimate, um, cause it's, it's essentially a one-sided fight, and it allows you to just control the board the rest of the game, but I don't know. It's one of those cards that, I guess maybe in the right kind of deck, or if it were Werewolf Tribal, I'd like it more, but I don't like this one very much. 
You see, the thing for me is, is like I like the plus one ability on it, just because like if she's sitting out there, any creature you have that's already there gets plus two plus two in vigilance. But every creature you play after her from that point gets plus two plus two vigilance and also comes in with haste. So you don't have to pay the extra like one mana that haste normally would cost you. But you're getting a whole bunch of additional stuff added on to it as well, so. That's fair. I'll be honest, I think the reason I'm probably a little bit salty about this card is I kind of wanted the front side to just be a creature and then flip into a planeswalker, but it didn't happen that way. That's fair. Yeah. And, like, I really, really wanted that because I, I, personally, I thought the flavor there was, was super cool and I liked the way they did them in Origins and so I was really hoping they would do it he- again here, but when they didn't, I understand why they didn't because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I kind of wanted that anyway. That would have been a really cool thing to do, though. I can see why you would be a little salty about that, because that would have been amazing. And it also yeah, they could have killed two been... birds and one stone. They could have uh, began yeah. given us the Wolf Planeswalker and the Wolf Legend. Yep. All right. But we. But overall, I still kind of like Arlen. Not a whole lot, because you can't... I mean, it takes a turn to set it up, but you could just... There are decks like Marath that kind of want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see this being good Marath. I can see it being all right in Marath. And the rest, I think, is actually just going to have to be, well, this is one we actually just have to play with to figure out. Because I'm not sure right. how much that tempo loss of, yes, I get a dude, but I have to wait a turn before I can actually start using the abilities that I want to actually use. Right, I was going to say, the the turn, the like, basically there's one turn before it's relevant. Alright, so next up, we have Mr. Grumpy Vampire himself. Soren Angel Slayer, I mean Grim Nemesis. <laughs> Um, yeah. so Soren Grim Nemesis is a six mana, four, one white, one black planeswalker. Um, and he, uh, comes in with a whopping six loyalty. I have to say, I love six mana planeswalkers. I don't think there's ever really been one that's been six or up that I didn't love. Um, but so the first one is a mini little sin prodder. Um, it is reveal the top card of your library, put that card into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to its converted mana cost. Uh, it's minus X is like a, um, death grasp, which is deal X damage, target creature or planeswalker, gain X life. Or, uh, it's ultimate, um, is minus nine, put a number of one, one black vampire knight creature tokens with lifelink onto the battlefield equal to the highest life total among all players. I love that the most because it's, you know, it's pretty much as good as it's ever going to be at any point in the game. Like, you know, even if you're not at the li- like highest life total, even if you're at the lowest, it doesn't matter. Because if you can ultimate that, you're essentially saying, I can put myself on even playing field with the person with the highest life. And like still can have life. Yeah, Anson still can have lifelink, even if you are, like, behind. If any of those tokens connect with anything and fight, then you can easily just balance yourself out or be higher than the highest player. Exa- exactly. Absolutely. My favorite part about this card is the one, the plus one ability. It's just like, oh, I'm clocking everybody for whatever card that may be on top of my library. So if you have any kind of like library manipulation, like scroll rack or top, it's like, oh yeah, let's just go ahead and make sure that my Dark Steel Forge or my Abyssin Angel of Hope is on the top of my library. So oh yeah, everybody take eight or everybody take nine or God forbid, everybody take ten damage off this draw. Just like it's it's insanely powerful. I guess my only reservation about that the ultimate is that I tend to get blown out because I play a lot of token decks, so I tend to get blown out by Massacre Worm. And oh, that ult- that's just <laughs> <laughs> you are so dead to that ultimate. 
Yeah, so it's... Yeah, but, you know, he's still great. I, I look forward to playing him and hopefully putting him into a couple of my decks just because this guy is sick. He he can take control of a game real quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, the, I, the thing I love most is that at worst, so, like, I always judge a lot of Planeswalkers as, you know, the advantage they give you immediately. Soren immediately gets you a card. And black-white, that is, a like, a big order. Like... You look at a lot of the ways that you draw cards, and there are not that many that are, like, evenly powered. And to me, this one comes into play, it draws you a card, and then the fact that it also deals out that damage occasionally is great. Alrighty then. So, everyone's high on Soren. Now, let's go ahead and move on, because we have some non-Planeswalker cards to go here. Guys, this first one is actually kind of... I don't know. There's, there's something very familiar about it. Invocation of Saint Craft for one white blue. You get an aura. Enchanted Where creature. have I seen this card before? I know, right? Like, I just feel like I've seen this before. Enchanted creature has, whenever this creature attacks, put a 4-4 white angel creature token onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Exile that token at the end of combat. Oh, 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 I got it now. It's Moon Silver Spear. It's like Moon Silver Spear, only better because it doesn't cost a million mana. The token goes away at the end of combat, though, right? Yeah, yeah it can't be Moon Silver yeah. Spear if it goes away. I don't know. That's pretty loose. What's the? There's another card that I can't think of what it is. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just something about it just seems kind of like it would probably be more related to like a spirit or something. Yeah. Right. It reminds me. I don't know. I keep wanting to say it was related to Delver Secrets in Old Standard. No, it wasn't Delver. It wasn't Delver. Stalker, maybe. No. Like, it's just stupid on Invisible No. Blade Splicer. No. <sighs> no, you wanted the blinking spice. Oh, oh, oh! I know what it is. I know what it is. It was um, it was a legendary creature, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was uh, uh, it was, it was, like, uh, it was Grimgrint, right? No, it was no. like Ghosts of Saint Draft, like, like. Yeah, because you no. draft it in limited. Yeah, I think yeah that he seemed pretty good in limited, right? Uh. All right, guys. It was in fact the guys of Saint Draft. <laughs> So, getting the callback, so, a little bit of flavor here. It's apparently Thalia, you know, recognizing that the angels have all gone mad, starting an order of St. Craft after this guy's... I'm uh, not really sure who's that, who that is in art. I want to, you know, it's got red hair, so I actually want to... Invocation of St. Trap will turn any creature into a pseudo-geist now, which means you're going to have an extra four points of power on a separate body to swing. Is that cool or what? Pretty yeah, cool. I kind of wish now Verona gets to turn into Geist of St. Traff. Isn't that amazing? I see yeah. nothing wrong with that. I, I guess for Fika the many. My biggest hang-up with this card is that it doesn't give Hexproof, but then that'd probably be too powerful. But like, if oh it gave gosh, Hexproof... Three mana? Oh man, that'd be great. Hot. I can actually just put this on Invisible Stalker and just get a free Angel every turn. Oh god. Yeah, ugh. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's... Yeah. I, I can sense this in Boggles in Modern. That might be a stretch, because that means they have to add blue to their mana base. Yeah, like, it would actually just be more like, what, blue-white tempo? Or even just just guy controls me, I think. Eh. Yeah, I don't think it's going to see play in modern. But, like, I can definitely see it being put into some Sigarda decks, or decks that have, like, a heavy enchantment theme with uh, blue and white in them. Less Sigarda, because Sigarda is green-white, but definitely more... Like, oh, like Bruna, I, sorry, yeah. Uh, Bruna, I, I can see it in Derevi, because it gives <laughs> you a free another attacker. Yep. Rafiq, I don't actually see it as many because Rafiq's more focused on commander damage. But it's also Exalted. Or you Like, he gets the free extra bump off of Exalted. Uh, not really because that's also... Well... With the, no, the Angel wouldn't have the ability by the time we attacks and you're trying to exalt the 
No, no, no. But what I mean though is, is that uh, Rafik attacks alone, then the angel comes in. So Rafik gets the exalted bump, then the angel deals four extra. I guess. I mean, they don't have to be attacking the same thing. She just the angel just comes into play, attack. Period. I mean, it could just go into those decks because one of my friends actually has a Rafik deck, but whenever he breaks that deck out, I tend to play um, Yasova just so I can keep his Rafik in check. So he ends up putting all, a lot of his auras on random creatures just to make sure if I steal his Rafik, he's not losing too much before it gets sacrificed. Alright, but guys, yeah. bear with me here. We take guys to St. Traft, and we put Invocation of St. Traft on top of Geist of St. Traft, so that when your Geist of St. Traft attacks, you get an angel to go with your attacking angel. You adjust 10 them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hear you like right, well, St. Traft. Dog, I heard so you like angels, so I'm going to think... Yo, dog, I heard you like St. Traft, so I'm about to St. Traft your St. Traft. Now you can St. Traft when you St. Traft. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not as much as... Oh. Not as when you Jace. All right, so, Calvin, what's a card that you want to go ahead and talk about? All right, so a card I want to talk about is an uncommon, and it's called Ghoul Steed. It's four colorless and a black. It's a 4-4, four, four, and it's a zombie and a horse. It has the ability where you can pay two colorless on a black and discard two cards. Then you can return Ghoul Steed from your graveyard to the battlefield to tap. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's one of those things where I personally love Innistrad, but I also hate it. Because it gives me so many zombies and so many things that I can put into my zombie deck that half the time I don't even know what to do with my Belfield or Defile deck when this thing, when this, when this set shows up. Cause with this, now I've got a way to get extra cards from my hand back into my graveyard so I can be able to dredge again. And I also get it back, but it's also a zombie. So when I go off with everything else, it comes back and it still counts as another zombie, but it's also a horse. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not bad actually. Yeah. Because right. a horse is a horse, of course, of course. You know, it's I funny. Knew, also, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> it also triggers things like Prized Amalgam, who comes back whenever something else comes back out of your graveyard. All right, mm. so, Brian, what's a card that you want to talk about? My favorite, or one of my favorite cards out of this new set is Baby Primetime, a.k.a. Ovenwald Hydra. Card reads... Uh, it is a four colas, two green cost... Creature Hydra with Reach that says, Ovenwall Hydra's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. Not basic lands, just lands. When Ovenwall yeah. Hydra enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card and put it into the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. So, yeah. <laughs> card is real good. Get that even, land. Even though it doesn't get two and it doesn't have trample, like, that's what Bow of Nylea or Hell. Let's go get, um, what's, what's the name of that card? Um, Kessig Wolf Run. Let's go get that with the trigger so we can make that, make sure that thing tramples over whatever we need it to. Like, card is insane. And then when you start talking about blink effects, uh, Condra's It's closet. basically, it, it, it's build your own prime time. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna get stupid and it's gonna be huge when you want to start swinging with it. So this card, just I'm really excited to play with this card in any of my green decks. The thing about this particular card, though, is, is that now that I'm looking at it, I'm kind of, like, wondering, is this card right there on that limit where, like, it won't get banned? Where people will look at it and be like, uh, okay, fine. It's not prime time. It's not the, it's not that bad. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll allow it. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I like this card a lot. It goes to get one land, and like it, it's not a whole lot. Like I don't know, it, it does it just once, just once when it comes into play. Yeah, you it don't doesn't have to blow anything trigger. up, 
Right, it doesn't blow anything up like Sylvan Primordial. I cannot imagine this car getting banned. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's that it's the I'm like okay, prime time was a little bit too much, but this car is just low enough where it'll still see just as much play, but it won't be the go-to definitive mono green card that everybody briberies for. Yep, they'll only bribery from you if they need a specific land of their own. Otherwise, it's just a solid card for any deck to have to go get value lands. Hydra, really, really good. The only problem I have with it is that it looks more like a uh, a multi-headed worm than anything else. I mean, I don't knock it because that it does t- tend to be like this is an issue I to take on what a hydra is, but I'm just not a fan of the uh, the worm. I can I, I can understand that. You heard it here first. William hates worms. <laughs> one would hope. All right, so Ethan. All right, so. Um, this this first one I, I'm going to talk about, not necessarily because it's the best card in the set or because of anything, but uh, just, you know, bear with me for a minute, put your tinfoil hats on, and uh, be prepared for a magic conspiracy. So, I'm talking about Geralt's Masterpiece. This card is a 5-mana 7-7. But is it really? No. Because Geralt's Masterpiece gets minus 1, minus 1 for each card in your hand. And it has the secondary ability to pay three and a blue to discard three cards and return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So, like I said, may not be the best mythic in the set, but looking at it from an abstract standpoint, this is going to go in decks that like to reanimate things, that want to get cards in the graveyard really quickly. It also brings itself back to play, so if you dredge it, no big deal. Um, I like the card because it has flying, it's a 7-7. Now, can we think of anything... From Innistrad's past, that was also a 7-7. Maybe something that died? Grizzlebrand! Grizzlebrand. So, what if this is Geralt's, like, sutured-together, reanimated, monstrous corpse of Grizzlebrand just wreaking havoc along Innistrad? Like, look at the card. It's got the demon wings. If you look at its two arms on either side, it's got those big, like... Claw, sword, whatever, I don't know what the heck they are, but Grizzlebrand had them as, as arms, but they were like swords. I don't know. And you just look at this thing, just with the flavor of it, you know, with, with the things that Geralt did, this, this to me screams Grizzlebrand's reanimated corpse, okay? That's hilarious, and that's not, that's not as far-fetched as you would think. That, I could, I could see that. (laughs) Right, and so I love this card. This is going straight into my DC Undead Vizier deck. It's it's one of those cards, like, the, the theme of that deck is, um you know, I wanted everything to be castable out of the graveyard, and this does the perfect thing. I can discard my dredgers, I can return a big creature to the battlefield, and it has flying, and it can be a 7-7. Like, this, this is so perfectly what I'm looking for. Like, it's a card that is just excellent to dredge away. It's good... To you know, have you can return it at end of turn to instant speed. It's kind of everything I want to be doing. But the fact that there is this mystery lore behind this card is even better to me. I actually kind of like that. See, initially when I was thinking about like Jorah's masterpiece, I didn't get a chance to actually look at the artwork. I was originally thinking that he had found some way to like merge Grim Grim with somebody else. But now that you're saying it's potentially Grizzlebrand, I clearly can see the artwork, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that that that, that does make a lot of sense. Well, and, Actually, and even the flavor, even the flavor of it getting minus one, minus one for each card in your hand, rather than drawing you seven cards, and it's a seven-seven. Wait, oh, wait, 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 hold up. I just noticed something. If you zoom in, like, real close, like, around, like, where his neck is, 
he has that weird like bear trap thing around his neck, like Gristle, like like um Grimgrin had. Oh, who knows? Maybe it could be. So yeah, so maybe he took like pieces of Grimgrin and pieces of the Gristle brand and merged them together. Oh, I love it. All right then, conspiracy coming out this fall. So magic store near you. So, going on, we have, let's see, everyone else, when Calvin did his, so, okay, it's back to me. All yeah, right, then. So, Get in there, Willie. Trail of Evidence. Yeah. All right, so we have a blue enchantment. It costs, I actually, uh, there we go. Trail of Evidence. Two and a blue for an uncommon enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, investigate, which is to say, put a colorless clue artifact token onto the battlefield with pay to sack this artifact to draw a card. So, Ethan, I am aware that you are in the midst of building a band deck with a certain... Me? Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, yes, I, I am in fact. So this, uh, this, this deck that is getting built, it, um, it's going to be based around the new clues. And as a band general, I, you know, I wanted to do that because that's clearly what all the clues are in. And uh, I was having a chat with my friend about what deck might be the best. And he goes, okay, hear me out here. Runes Clues. <laughs> and I was, as soon as I heard the name, I was like, oh yes, we are doing it. Not only is it going to be Runes Clues, but it's going to have every single card that is just even remotely detective or mystery themed in it. So, I'm super excited for this set. You know, like, a lot of the cards in this set are just, uh, just ripe with flavor around Investigate, and Rune seems, like, in a key position to take advantage of all of it. Yep, now see... I heard that, and I decided, you know what? Clues are actually just awesome, because they're also artifacts. And I happen to have a deck that wants to have a convoluted engine of... So, stuff like Trail Evans is going to end up making appearance in my Sidri deck, because I'm flavoring it as, you know what? These are all the blueprints that are going to come together and create the masterpiece Doomsday. I like it. So, going into that, Ethan, what is your next card? Because I believe it's something along these Alright, well, so, I'll be honest, uh, both of my next cards deal with clues, but we're gonna go with my flavorful favorite one, Tamio's Journal. Uh, Tamio's yeah. Journal is my absolute, like, one true love of this set, with the possible exception of Triskaidectophobia. But, um, Tamio's Journal is great. I love it. So, at the beginning of your upkeep, investigate. Uh, investigate means you put a colorless clue artifact token onto the battlefield with pay two, sacrifice this artifact and draw a card. And it's a five mana artifact. It is legendary, so can't, can't get this going in multiples here. But the other ability is the one that is the bonus for me is sacrifice three clue tokens, search your library for any card and put it into your hand. This is giving Bant. Essentially, the ability to demonic tutor. Any deck you want, if you're willing to wait long enough. The ability to demonic tutor. Like, this card has so much flavor, uh, between, you know, Jace trying to figure out what the heck is going on on Innistrad, like, the, the Tamio that everybody knows and loves. I just love this card so much. Apparently, apparently there's some kind of issue going on with the clues all suggesting a, a tentacled monster might be showing up in a later set, which I hope they don't, but it seems to suggest that. Um, you know, I, I just love everything about this card. This card was so well designed. Well, if we know anything about horror, a monster with tentacles really is typically scary, especially if you're from Japan. It, right. Dark corners of the internet, my friends. Yeah. 
Um, but the other thing I like about the the thing I like about Tamio's journey is because since the clues are artifacts, <laughs> excuse me, I can easily see this going into like a deck that uses metalcraft just so you can be able to try to get that many more additional artifacts just lying around on the field. Right. Exactly. Well, and the greatest thing about this is even the other clue cards that you look at say like. Um, like if you have sacrificed a clue, it doesn't say to to like draw a card. So like you can use Duretti to sacrifice the clue, get back your worm coil engine, or you know goblin whatever, welder. what have you, Gob- goblin welder. Yeah, exactly. Or um, you know you can use it to um, exactly slow bet anything, anything that's really a sacrifice. Card clan ironworks. You Duretti. can use a clue. Exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just I just love this card so much. The, the the flavor and like all the clue tokens just look great. So like this was the card that first I was like, oh, there's gonna be a clue theme, and we're doing runes clues because you know this is our this is our clue journal. All right then. So Calvin, next card. Okay, so the next card I'm going with is going to be Diagraph Colossus. It's two colors and a black, and it's a two-two, and it's a zombie and a giant. Diagrass Colossus enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each zombie card in your graveyard. Whenever you cast a, jo- a zombie spell, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tap. Now, the artwork reminds me of the Wicker Man. The flavor of this, though, it's just another card where it's like, you know what? I'm going to have this creature. I'm going to be able to cast it. I have to now figure out a place to put it in my belt or to the file tap because I'm going to have a graveyard full of zombies and he's going to show up as a big-ass, big-ass and then... When I finally do cast zombies, I'm just getting more free zombies, so I can't complain. And at the worst case scenario, he's a 2-2 two, two for 3, which ain't that bad. That generates other zombies. It's, uh, damn it, Innistrad. <laughs> right? Are you so good? So, why you gotta keep giving me stuff? Things. Stuff you didn't even ask for. What you want. Stuff I didn't even know I wanted. Hashtag Triscodectophobia. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to find a way to win with that card. All right, so, Brian. My next card is Seasons Past. This card says for four colorless, or four generic and two green, it's a sorcery. Return any number of cards with different converted mana costs from your graveyard to your hand. Put Seasons Past on the bottom of its owner's library. This card is hilariously good. Like, so... It's one of those things where you always want to be able to regrow a random card from your graveyard to your hand. You know, um, Praetor's Council comes to mind. Or, heck, Restock, that's a thing. But this card costs one more than Restock and gets back gets back any number of cards as long as they have different converted mana costs. That means you can get a land at zero, a one drop, a two drop, all the way up to, what, 15, or that's what Emrakul at, assuming that Emrakul was legal and wasn't being shuffled, but you get my point. Just this like... The Wanderer Bard is gonna love this card. Yeah, so you get yeah. more wipes, and you've, like, you, after you've been chaining up, you can just be like, alright, well, I'm just gonna pay six and just get all these cards back out of my graveyard. I hope one of those lands was a Reliquary Tower, just be like, that'll be my land drop for the turn. I'm just gonna have all this stuff in my hands. Just be awesome. And you can run it with Praetor's Council, or you can run it as a replacement, either or, same difference. It's still just going to be sweet. And then, at some point, it's, it, it's also going to be put at the bottom of your library, so you're going to be able to do it again, unless you get milled out, which, that, that sucks, but oh well, that happens. But you know, just 
let's just get all these things back into your hand, and you can just cherry pick the things that you want. It, it'll be it, it's it's a really interesting card, and I I can't wait to play it in some of my decks. Alrighty then. So let's see, Brian, Calvin, did you get in? Yes, you did, I believe. Yep. Yeah, because I've 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 got another card, and I can go ahead and throw it in there. You see if we if we're just yeah, no, we're on, we're, on, out. we're on round three. So go ahead, Calvin. All right, so last the round. third card, the last one from under the floorboards, three colorless, double black. Are you sensing a theme here? Sorcery, zombies, as a madness of X and double black. Its ability, or what the card does is, you get to put two. No, you get to put three, two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield tap, and you gain three life. But if from under the floorboards, madness cost was paid, instead you put X of those tokens on the battlefield tap, and you gain X life. Oh, gross. Awesome. <laughs> but what you're telling me, I pay five mana, and I get three bodies, gain three life. Or I find some random card in my deck that will force me to discard this thing from my hand. Let's just talk, maybe, maybe we're talking about zombie that. Infestation. Some zombie infestation. Some like, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to figure out a way to get this out of my hand and into the graveyard. Then I just basically blaze zombies onto the field and then gain X life. Hmm. Yeah, I have a Liliana heretical healer deck that this can't wait to go into. Oh, hotness. And then the art, and the artwork for it. You just have, like, zombies crawling out of the floorboards. Oh. Card's real good. God. Damn, Innistrad, why are you so good? <laughs> Alright then, so, my next card, I'm actually gonna change it up because I completely forgot that this thing was here and I love this thing. Call the Bloodline. One on a black enchantment. You pay one and discard a card. You get a 1-1 black vampire knight creature token with a lifelink on the battlefield. Activate this ability only once each turn. Alright, so, one. One of the things I was having a problem with Eileen was that I need a discard outlet. That's fixing this cost. Two. I needed other ways to make tokens. That's fixed here. And they have lifelink. And three, they're vampire knights. I don't know why I'm, I love that so much, but a vampire that's also a knight. That's pretty awesome. Huh. I've been having similar issue with my Ollie deck as far as keeping tokens on the board, so this might actually help with that, because I tend to get mana flooded a lot. So, yeah. That's a great idea. And it's once per... It, even though it's once per turn, you still use it on other turns. Yeah. Ethan, what do you know, think? Oh man, this card just seems great to me. Like, I don't know. Just like having that versatility. Alright, so Brian, last card, let's go. Alright, my last card is Ever After. Cause what's better than recurring one, or bringing back one creature from your graveyard to the battlefield? Recurring two. So, I mean, and it has the same little line of text that Seasons Past does. It goes to the bottom of your library afterwards. So hey, no spell twining this please, thank you. Um, it, it's just, and it turns your, the creatures into zombies. So, I'm just gonna go ahead and just bring back, oh, Shieldred and maybe a Dragonlord of Targa from my graveyard. Thank guys, and they're zombies now. Cool story. And Call to the Grave doesn't even affect them. So, yeah. Th- this card, mm, real good. See, the thing about Ever Afterward that I personally like is the artwork, though. Because it's a couple, and they're holding hands, and apparently they died. I'm assuming they died, like, on their wedding day. And now they're, you know, eternally brought back together. Because, what was it, if you look in the artwork, there's, like, a bouquet of flowers It's on the corner. Mm-hmm. There's a male and female zombie clearly holding hands in what appears to be either, A, coming out of a tombstone, 
like a burial section or potentially at a church. And there are busts and, kissing in the background. Yep. So yeah, uh, uh, apparently I'm just being blown up on Twitter at this moment. Huh. All right, Ethan, last card, go. All right, last card. So this is a tireless tracker. Um, again, I'm a dirt mage, in case you didn't know. And so, um, my my favorite deck of all time is Titania Protector of Argoth. And so, uh, one of the great things of that deck is playing additional lands each turn. And so this card just fit perfectly into that. So, uh, Tireless Tracker is a three mana, three two. So it already is just pretty good on its own. Two colors and a green. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, so landfall, investigate. And whenever you sacrifice a clue, this guy gets a plus one, plus one counter. Um, so to me, you know, I'm playing fetch land, you play, um, like your evolving wilds, get a, you investigate, get a clue token, you fetch, you investigate, get a clue token, you, uh, ramp, you investigate, you get a clue token, you know, and then, this is just like setting you up later on in the game to just be able to draw as many cards as you want whenever you need it to. Like, who's going to out and out, like, Crows and Grip your clue token? Like, occasionally you're going to get, like, Wave of Vitriol or something, but this card just gives you so much lasting card advantage at instant speed whenever you want it. Like, I see this card being an all-star in any deck that can run it. A.K.A. any deck that Ethan's going to build because land. Because lands, yes. Like I said, I'm a dirt mage. I like lands. And this card likes lands as much as I do. All right. And we're going to go ahead and end it at that before the recorder accidentally betrays me yet again. All right, guys. It's time for us to go to the outside. Outro. Alright, this has been Commander Cats episode 243. I want to go ahead and thank all these guys for coming out today. Colin, thanks for being here. Eddie's gone. I had to mute because I was talking to children. Come on, Bumpy. Out the room. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on. Yeah. Get, 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 get out of here. Are they coming at you from under the floorboards? <laughs> from all directions. Like, I'm literally being attacked from all directions. I've got children coming at one door, getting text messages, Twitter just randomly going off. Got a phone call in the middle of this. Everyone is like, this, this past weekend, I was sitting here, playing, fed, feeling all upset and sad and depressed. No one called. No one came to me. No one came to Calvin's aid. Oh, but as soon as Commander Cash comes around, suddenly the entire world needs. Damn it, Twitter. Shut up. <laughs> uh. Alright then, so Ethan, drive. Oh, yeah. It's fun being here. I've enjoyed this episode. Getting a chance to talk about dead stuff. Ethan, Brian, thanks for coming on, guys. Not Thank problem. you for having me. Alright then, so at this point, we're going to go ahead and give out the content information. Brian, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I am at MTG Lord of Leaves on Twitter, and that's pretty much the only way you could contact me. <laughs> Alright, Ethan, if people want to get in touch with you, is there a way they can do that? Uh, yeah, um, easiest way is just through email. Um, so, uh, my current email address is, uh, greenberger, g-r-e-e-n-b-e-r-g-e-r dot one six at gmail.com. Or, uh, hit me up on Facebook. Um, just first name, last name. Um, yeah. Alright, and Calvin, 
So, if the people out there in the internets decide they want to reach out and contact the captain, it's really easy to do. You can go over to Twitter and hit me up at Captain Red Zone. Or you can hit me up with an email, email at CaptainRedZone at gmail.com. But don't forget that Commander Cast also has a Facebook page. You can go over there and like it. I'm there. William's there. A bunch of the other Commander Cast faithfuls are also over there. You can be there, too. You can also find us and hit us up on, what is it, uh, uh, Commander Cast? At CommanderCast on Twitter, or you can hit up hit us up at CommanderCast at CommanderCast@gmail.com. Drop an email. Go to CommanderCast.com. Drop a, a a a comment on the bottom of the show. Go to iTunes and leave a message. We'll read off your five star reviews. And if you want to support the site, you want to give us the tip and just the tip, that's easy to do. Head over to Patreon. You can look us up. We're there. And we're also on Reddit as well. We're all over the internet. You can't not see us. If you don't see us, I don't see what the problem is. You're just not looking hard enough. Hell, you can go to Google and just type in Commander, and we're normally going to be one of the very first sites that shows up at the top of your Google search. He's not wrong. All right, if you want to get in touch with me, I am W-I-E Hernandez at gmail.com. You guys can follow me on the Twitter. I am at BlueRam1409. Thank you all so much, everyone who helps out with the website, all the listeners, everyone, the Patreon, supporting the Patreon, and all you... You know, it's. I love doing this show. I don't want to give this up for anything, and I'm hope I'm still here for a long time. And hey, music for our show is the X Meets Heavy Metal series by 331 E Rock. We'll see you next week for more community, strategy, and technology. Until then, let's get it. Alright guys, that's it. That's a wrap. Yay, the show's done. The show's over. Now it's time to dangle them bits. Dangle, 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 dangle. Alright, so Calvin, admission, I did not have a chance to actually watch Daredevil yet because I <gasps> spent Easter weekend playing at... You are not a human to me anymore. Daredevil's awesome, William. Go watch it. I'm... Truth be told, I'm only halfway through the second season right now. No, like I'm still, looking at you're at least into it. That's he actually, hasn't even started. That's what I'm doing as soon as we're off the calls. I'm catching up on Daredevil. But I'm saying like this past weekend I couldn't actually do it because I was in Chicago playing uh, Weiss and Vanguard for the store. Well, listen, guys, I got to disconnect. It was great talking to you guys. All right. Catch you later, Ethan. All right. Bye. Later, Ethan. All right. And hopefully it's okay. Yes, it did not disconnect. Uh, did so not you don't even disconnect when I So far, so good, I think, maybe? Oh god, I'm getting nervous. Alright, so I'm actually gonna go ahead and end the call because I wanna make sure that everything is still there. Alright, All right, well, well, good luck, Will. <laughs> Hopefully everything's there, and I don't have a lot of work to do this weekend. Send it to me. Sorry if I couldn't hear that because... Mike, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's still you, you sound like you're like really far away from whatever microphone you're supposedly using. Okay. That's part of what makes me think...
Yeah, that's part of what makes me think that the uh, the uh, the microphone settings got messed up, and you're actually connected to like your uh, laptop mic. Yeah, that was my thought originally, but I can't. It's it keeps saying it's connected. I can hear you in the mic in my ear. Well, the one that connected to your ears is the microphone, not a headset. No, no I meant, I'm saying part of the headset is. The headset can be connected, um, but we need to figure out how to get the rest of that going. Meanwhile, I'm filling out the rest of the show notes. And while he's doing that, I'm going to try to see if I can get the Shadows Over Innistrad's previews to show up on my phone while I'm actually doing this. Um, well, you're not what? using Skype on your phone, are you? Yes, I am. I'm always using Skype on my phone. Oh. But I have a new phone now, so Ooh. I'm trying to see if I can be, do it simultaneously. That? Because I couldn't do it on my own phone, so I might as well give it a try now. Yeah, there's a bunch of things you can't do on your new phone. Like Murder Elspeth. Yeah, that was fucking dirty, man. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Every <laughs> minute of it. For as long as possible. Oh, man. <sighs> Swear. <laughs> Alright, so we gotta go... Uh, we got Olivia and... Sigarda and the Gitrog Monster Eskimers. Ugh. So disappointed. Giant Frog Monster? Don't forget Audric. And there's Audric. Audric is actually, like, looking to be a lot better than I was originally thinking he was going to be. Okay, so... I'm just glad he's still alive. Yeah. Because things on Instagram have a tendency to kind of, uh... Die. <laughs> you know? I mean... But, like, Audric was cool, amazing, I enjoyed him. And then I found out we're going to Innistrad, and I was like, oh, please don't tell me he's going to, like, die, or we're going to come to Innistrad, he's going to be some type of vampire, or now he's going to be a werewolf. Or they'll pull a Machaeus and make like him that. a zombie. Can you hear it any better now? Yeah. yeah. No? Not at all. That's awesome. I don't know. Uh, Arling. Hmm. Well? Uh, are you able to do screen sharing, Ethan? Um, yeah. Okay, then go ahead and enable that so that I can take a look at it. You mean screen sharing? Is that what you said? Yeah, screen sharing. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. I should be able to. I'm trying to remember how it See, it says micro- microphone is there, but it's uh, giving me a different name for that. Like, saying that it, I Shut up, Navi. Shut up, Navi. Yes, I don't beat you him. Hear the man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if it's saying it's a different name than the name of the actual microphone, then you definitely need yeah. to switch it. No, but it's not even giving me the option. Try plugging it back in. And, uh, try unplugging it and plugging it back in. And when you unplug it, make sure that you go to the area on your laptop that would um, unplug or un- unconnect devices. Because if you don't, then when you plug it back in, it's not probably it might not um, read it as a di- um, device coming back in. First, you gotta pull it out. Then you gotta make sure it's all the way out. And then you yeah, gotta put no, it back in again. That's what I've been doing. It just doesn't seem like recognized. That is incredibly bizarre. Can you move clo- uh, move your face closer to your computer mic, real quick? Hmm. Just like lean your face like really Better. close to your keys. Better? Not really. What was that? I'm not even sure where the mic Alright, so here, try this, right? Like, grab your keyboard, push it to the side so you can make sure you have room, and then lean forward and lick your monitor. Okay. Okay, so it's not actually the fact that it's going through his laptop mic. It's actually the volume itself, I think. Okay. Or maybe it's because he's not showing his computer enough love. Lick your monitor, boy. Alright, so, did you adjust the, uh, the microphone settings so that it was set to a certain interval and not automatically adjusting? Uh, I think it's just not, it's just not recognizing them. Well, no, that's not necessarily true because if it was actually going through the laptop, then you would have gotten louder if you moved closer, but it's actually still static. So it might actually be that it is going through some sort of microphone apparatus, but there's some other problem there. I was about this, right? 
uh, restart your computer and then come back on and then plug your microphone back in and then try to restart and try to see if you can join back in on a call. Okay. All right. Because if you, because if he gives that a try, maybe whatever it is that's keeping him from cooking his microphone up correctly will reset itself. All right. We'll just be shooting the breeze until then. Because this is all going to get recorded into the danglings. Because we're actually going to have a recording. Hot day. Mm, delicious, delicious dangles. All right, then. I'm going to link the show notes to people's. So thanks for showing up last minute, Brian. Not a problem. Hopefully this will make up for the fact that we actually ended up having problems last night. Yep. It's funny because I almost went to a standard night tonight. I was like, no, nah, I don't feel like driving all the way out there, especially since I'm going to be doing a crap ton of pre-releases this weekend. Yep. But now, now you actually just get to talk about all these brand spanking new cards. Yeah. It's going to be brand exciting. Now, like, this is actually really great because... I'm actually, this is, might be the first time in a while that I've gotten a box or something. I really like all the commons and uncommons. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad set to do that with. Like, there's commons and uncommons I want multiples of. Hold on a second. Like, I work in a card shop, I can pick these up easily, but I actually just want a box. Yeah, if it weren't for the fact that I was planning on doing five to six pre-releases, and I tend to at least go 3-0, or 3-0-1, and all, or 3 and one and typically most of my pre-releases, I, so I plan on having a bunch of the commons and uncommons, I probably would have bought a box. Yeah, no, that's legit. But if you cast insert sorcery spell, investigate, I love it. <laughs> <sighs> so many beautiful things here. I'm feel I do I feel like I'm home now. <laughs> that reminds me, I need to put um that blink moth urn into Melek. Mm. Mm. Dangerous. Oh dear lord, it's dangerous. That is really, really dangerous. Hey, there's no mana burn, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but like all your clues are making half mana, like you can just make all the clues and then half those clues are pop gonna them. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Wait, I, don't, fine. I, I don't wanna pop clues. I love clues. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it'll be fine. He'll, like, we're not gonna pop him too hard. It's okay, clues. We still love you. And you know what? We love you enough to where even if we do injure you to critical condition, we'll definitely stop by Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina, where we will definitely check it out. He's not gonna be there, but we'll definitely check it out. Yep. All right, then. Uh, this ain't back on. And I'm I need to choose my stuff. I'm still trying to figure out. Ah, never mind. I've got it now. What? I was I was looking at the vessel cycle that's in here. Mm-hmm. Those uh, enchantments you sacrifice and you get some type of effect or whatever. Blah, blah blah blah. Yeah. Now the green vessel has a book in it, and the black vessel has a book in it, and the red vessel has a book in it, but it looks like the book's kind of like in a process of burning. Yeah. Yes. But for some strange reason, the white vessel has ghost inside of it, and the blue vessel has a Bust that looks like it's actually alive. Like mem- it's actually the guy from Memory Lapse, like the old school Memory Lapse art. Right. So I'm sitting there looking at it, like, why are these other three books and the other two aren't? Yeah. You don't get wrong. I get it that the white vessel produces two white spirit tokens. That's fine. I understand the blue one has that Memory Lapse thing going on with, like, you know, gets rid of the top three cards of a li- um, library into the graveyard. But if that was the case, I would kind of expect like the green one and the red one and the black one to not be books, but to be something else. Hmm. But they are books. No, they are. Right. They are. They're enchantment books. Actually, let's see. They're enchantments. Ooh, I like Vessel of Nessensi. I could, I could put that in Sagarda. Yeah, that one's actually, I think, the best one for EDH. But the other four kind of, eh. 
Yeah. Well, no, that's what ephemera would be alright. Uh, In case of emergency, break glass. Instant I mean, I guess. Uh, I feel well, like there are probably better ways to get spirit tokens than a pinch. No, there definitely well, are. The, well, the reason for the vessel, for the white vessel that I think would be good is because it is white, so it means, you know, it automatically gets paired, paired up with Sun Titan. Ooh, ooh, that, that, that's, I didn't even think about that. But then, like, you know, and, like, all, all five of them, they technically can be brought back with the Titan. But, like, for the red one, it's the, I kind of like it because it gives you a chance to, like, take two mana and put it to the side and just kind of wait for it to come up. It's like, you know, turn one, it's like, you know, like turn one, put land down, turn two, drop down the vessel. Turn three, you don't hit a, you hit, you drop down your next land, and now you have five mana on turn three in the mono red deck. Not necessarily saying it's like what you would do immediately, but you would at least have the option for it. And in anything that you could do that could recycle it and bring it back, you could potentially just, you know, be able to have that extra mana just floating around, which is something red normally doesn't get a chance to do because its mana usually is like in instances or sorceries. and It's completely gone afterwards, you know? Yellow? Let's yep. see. So. Okay. Now just double checking, making sure Skype didn't just randomly kill me. Nope. Nope. Yeah. You're still here. And I'm still admiring these pretty mythics. Hmm. See, the only thing, only thing about these vessels that I'm trying to figure out, though, is the... I, I never like it when they have a cycle and the mana cost for things adjust differently. It's like, you know, like with the black vessel, you pay two mana, you pay two mana, you get it. Red vessel, pay two mana, pay two mana, you get it. Green vessel, okay, I get it because it's green, but you still got to pay three mana and you get something. The blue vessel, pay two mana, and then you pay one blue mana. So you pay three, you're good. But then with the white vessel, you gotta pay five. Five, yeah. And it just, it's like, okay, exactly what happened here? Why couldn't I just pay two again and just get that and just get the damn thing back? Or, you know, whatever. But no, it's like, I drop it and I can't even use it next turn unless I have a land. At least with everything, with all the other vessels, chances are once I drop it, I can use it the very next turn. And I had the same thought and I, like, it's close to Blingering Souls, but at the same time, Blingering Souls, you're getting four spirits for that same five mana investment, whereas this one, you're only getting two for the total of five. It's just like, eh. That's not really my kind of scaling. Yep. So unless Sun Titan is in this set somewhere floating around. Mm. He's just taking a little bit for that reason. Oh, okay, he just messaged me. Good. I'm going to try adding him back to call now. But I, like, when it comes to Innistrad, Innistrad is one of my favorite planes, but I also hate it so much. Alright. Ethan? Good? Ethan, we got you? Oh no. It's the exact opposite of what we started, uh, wanted to do has happened. He is now so quiet that he's become mute. <gasps> so while I think I heard him say he... Ethan? Ethan? Buddy? Speak. That is like the Ow. softest thing ever. Oh. Uh, uh, um, uh, nope. Mm-mm. Hello? Not doing it. No? Come on, Ethan. Come on. You got this. Come on. Can't even hear you. Not even a little bit. I thought I heard him for a second. Hello? Ethan. Okay. Yeah. Ethan? Here? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. A lot better. Better? A lot better? Much better. Okay. I'm not yeah. going to mess with anything. All right. I said, read something off, Ethan. Let's make sure we got you. All Pick right. up a magic card and read it to me. All right. Uh, right. Let's see. Mystic Speculation. Buyback 2. You may pay an additional two as you play this spell. If you do this card, put this card into your hand as it resolves. Perfect. All right. Yes. We, hallelujah. We are ready to go. I don't know what I did. I just unplugged it that time and it just decided to work. Uh, Yay. 60% of the Three time, it here. works every time. <laughs> right. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. I did it intentionally. I fixed it. 
All right, so Ethan, in the little chat, you'll be able to find the show note link. You can go ahead and click on that, and you can even fill in the various things, like your favorite command. Okay, hang on a second. I actually just have to get back to that now. Oh, God, you're going to click on things, and going to be like, whoosh. Don't tell me that. Okay, I see that here. Meanwhile, I'm going to bring up iTunes so I can look at our five-star reviews. <laughs> it's about time he actually caught on. At some point, I have to learn the stove is hot. Affecting change. I like it. <sighs> Today's going to be a good day. Indeed. Except Let's for the hope. Fact, Let's hope. Except for the fact that I still have no chair to sit in. All right. So I put in my uh, favorite commander of the week. Excellent. Oh. Excellent. Let's see. Come on, I Give me the thing. Give me the thing. Nope. Give me the goddamn thing. No. There we go. Give me the thing. Never. Stop asking for it. It ain't happening. Rains Get rains. over it. Move on. Scoot down. Nope, no new reviews. We are solid. Alright guys, so tonight we are doing the Shadows Over Innistrad preview. I recommend going to MythicSpoiler.com for a quick and comprehensive guide of pretty much everything that's going to be in the set tonight. So, uh, <clears throat> Calvin, Ethan, he is a guy that I know locally. He is a friend and I have asked him to join us today because I figured, well, we're kind of missing Clay and Mark. They've gone uh, temporarily on a hiatus. So why don't I go ahead and invite other people that I know I enjoy talking to. Ethan, you uh, yep, and then th- those guys, uh, those guys couldn't show up, so I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, seriously. Yeah. All right, and of course, Ethan, you, I believe you know Calvin. Yes. Hey, you of hey you Ethan. Answer. What was that? Uh, yeah, Ethan's actually been uh, listening to the show and watching the uh, the Alpha Build videos and give me some decent feedback on it. That's right. So Ethan, yep. I taught him how to play. The li- okay. yeah, so Ethan, tell the listeners from firsthand experience exactly how much of a bitch William actually is. See, I don't think that's I don't think that's quite fair. Um, the, only time I've ever, the only time I've ever seen the only time I've ever seen some real salt was uh, was a Carador deck looping Pernicious Deed. The one time he didn't do it. Well, I don't loop Pernicious Deed. That time he yet. Did. <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> there will come a day where you guys will actually break me, and that time will be sad because then I will salt the earth so hard that nothing will ever grow, and our community will die. No. That may be. But it'll still be a fun day to watch. All right, and got and Calvin, you already know Brian, but Ethan, this is Brian. He's one of our regular listeners and Twitter aficionados. Hello. He was Hello, on aficionado. One, he was one of the guys we had on a couple of weeks ago, but then the recorder didn't work, so he was um, also uh, available last minute, which is awesome of him. And now we are all caught up. All right. So real quick, does everybody hear that? Hear what? The sound of truncated silence, taking away all that noise. Thank you, Internet, for all of your delicious technologies that I can now use and bend to my will. Yes! My Skype recorder is working! I'm so happy! <laughs> Alright. Oh man. I do well at the Spring Fest. The recorder's going. We've got a brand new magic set. What could go wrong? Don't say that. No, don't say that, man. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> They could, they could ban everything like just, in modern. That's what could go wrong. Like, 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 like just for that, we're going to end up having another dangly bit episode <laughs> next week. Thank you, William. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get right into this after I make sure that ev- the date is correct. It's not correct. Actually, tomorrow is Calvin's birthday. Happy birthday, Calvin. Happy early birthday. I have no idea what you're Happy talking about. Happy birthday. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. <clears throat> I am eternal. There is no date of birth. Yeah, I think we'll probably get them in the next set. But it is okay. funny because, like, in the article where Sigarda's new artist shown, um, they had arts for two different angels, one of which actually fit the description of Bruna in the story. 
But um, she, since she's not in the set, like Puncturing Light is the card that uh, Bruna appears on, as described in the um, Forgotten Realms or the official Magic Store or whatever they're calling it nowadays. But uh, that angel which, actually what fits. Color is light? It's a white card. All right. And the oh, angel in that art actually fits the description that they um, use for her in the Uncharted Realms where Bruna and Gisela try to flank Sigarda before Avicen shows up. Yeah, that does kind of look like Gisela. I, 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 like Bruna. Which card is this? Oh, yeah, Puncturing Light. So I'm guessing that we're going to be getting those two as well as um, Ulrich in the um, next set. And I think Ulrich's going to be our legendary werewolf. So I'm still slightly disappointed so. that we're not getting that now. Or we're we not really getting that in set. Next set, we're going to see the resurrection of Grizzle Brand. <laughs> no, I want to see the resurrection of the fourth angel sister. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. That is what I want. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. I mean, oh, man. Liliana's Black, white, legendary angel. What'd you say, what? I mean, Liliana's uh, involved in the second story. Black, black versus white. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to see Grizzle Brand come back. <laughs> Well, yeah. some fan theories say Grizzlebrand has already sort of come back. But more on that later. So, you guys ready to go ahead and talk about some commanders? Yep. Uh, nope. Heck yeah. Alright, so we have five commanders to potentially talk about. Incidentally, I... Become... I'm calling Audric. Okay. Uh, sure talk, monster. Oh, man. Brian, uh... would you like to talk about Absinthe? Because I want to take on Olivia and Sigarda. Dang it. <laughs> sure. Okay, did you, want, did you want Olivia or Sigarda? Sigarda. All right, you can talk about cigars. I'll talk about absent. Awesome. Since this one actually kind of hurts. All right. <clears throat> hurts you? Yeah. I love this card. <laughs> Hold on, we're getting there. I'm, like you know, you know what hurts me? The fact that I see another card in this exact same set with Soren putting a sword through her face. That's what hurts. <laughs> Son of a motherfucker! <laughs> There's no sword in that art. She's just crumpling. All right. Isn't it a sword? Act? Hold on, I gotta look through this now. Oh, yeah, Hold he's on. holding up his sword. He's like, he's like, bro. I, I, I could have sworn it was don't like a, he has it. a sword. He's got like he's back pointing. Like, yeah, he's, he's pointing at her. He's like, don't make in do her it. face. No, no. But the thing is, in the in the art in the set, he's pointing at her. But the yeah. sword's actually going through her face because like the game day art shows it from back from the um from her view from like behind her towards him, and like the sword's going through her skull. I don't see it that way. It looks more oh, yeah. like it looks more like he's pointing at her because if you you know uh, you mouse over on Mythic Spoiling, look at the uh, the game day version. He actually just is pointing at her head. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, okay, he is pointing at her. Then. Oh well, I thought he was like I thought he actually killed her. Like shame yeah. on you, Angel. Shame. He's killing her, but not not like physically killing her. Killing uh, her. He's magically dispelling her. It looks like this is this is Innistrad. He should have just killed her. <laughs> Alright, so, let's go ahead and go into this. Oh, you're trying to tell me it's perfectly fine for Elspeth to shove a spear through Xenagos' chest, but we can't have Soren stab an angel in the face. Oh no, that's just wrong. <laughs> it is wrong! Hey, the goat deserved it. Yeah, I, I, I gotta... She had it coming. She, she killed all those people. Yeah, yeah, but what, what, yeah, but basically what, what the people of Wizards of the Coast are saying, it's perfectly fine for someone to kill a god but an angel? Oh no! You have to dispel that. Self-styled gods. Let, let's let's get it clear now. He he wasn't he he wasn't original. He wasn't a part of the original pantheon. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going into. This. <clears throat> be kind. Okay, just take for a little bit. It's okay. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, I need to get a new chair, like a sap. Okay. So 
Guys, there are, in fact, four of us. There are also, coincidentally enough, four planeswalkers. Who wants to do who? Soren. As long as I don't have Jace, I don't care. Alright, well, uh, Calvin can get into here, man. Right? I'm right. all about that, Soren. I'll take Arlen Cord, because oh. bump blue players. <laughs> Alright then, I can know where I'm wanted. And then for the rest <laughs> of the cards, everyone, everyone can pick three cards from the set to talk about, and then put them into the show notes. So, let's see. I've got Invocation of St. Traft, Trail of Evidence, Murder's Compulsion. Uh, Ceaseless Tracker, Tamio's Journal, and I haven't picked the third one yet. Yep. We'll write them down in the, uh, type it out into the show notes. Oh, the Uvamold Hydra. So good. Okay. So I'll take, um, Ever After. Oh, got it. I already claimed it. <laughs> ever After. Okay. What about... How dare the... you steal Calvin's Happily Ever oh. After? <laughs> what, what about, uh, Deer Graph Colossus? Nope, I haven't claimed that one. Alright, so I'll take Deer Graph Colossus, uh, from under the floorboards, Ooh. and where are you? Oh yeah, there we go. Ghoul Steed. Just um, just for, oh, zombie horse. <laughs> Alright, just for, just for pure, uh, tinfoil hat magic conspiracy, I'm going to go with Geralt's masterpiece. <laughs> hmm. Uh, remember when we liked Harness Thorn? Nope. No, I was talking will. about... Yeah? You, you, you know what I think of whenever I see Ghoulsteed? What do you think? That they're being a I think horse? of that... No, I think of that scene from, uh, uh the never-ending story. Oh! Goes down Artax. 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 Art, yeah, Artax? Yeah. I'm a nerd. Like, it's is, okay. Like, like, this is what happens afterwards. This is the part of the movie they don't show you. Why is the horse so depressed, though? Because he's like Eeyore. He has a... A uh, bow and arrow in his asshole. <laughs> oh, bother. Oh, I can feel the back already going. Hmm. Yeah, you really need a new chair. Well, William, I guess it's time to get on your knees again. Oh. Moving on to the next section. <laughs> All right, then. So, <clears throat> now it's time for us to look at the other 99. But to start off with, William, can... you sound kind of far. What? You sound kind of far. You might want to adjust your mic. Uh, but... I haven't done anything. Uh, there. Now he's not fine. Continue. Okay. Uh, let's see. It says it is recording a call. Well, what about my nuts? What about these nuts? Who's going to eat these nuts? All right. It says it's recording yet, and I'm going to trust it. Honestly, the recorder actually is working today. It just seems to be working unfavorably whenever Calvin blinks out. Uh, so you're basically saying out of the seven times I've blinked out, the call has dropped? It's not that it's dropped. It's that it's... The recorder misses me so much that it decides it doesn't want to continue working until I come back. I don't know. It keeps right. saying that it's recording as soon as you come back in, too. Hopefully, this isn't going to be a hodgepodge mess. Hot mess. So we'll, let's go ahead and wrap this up before anything else happens. So what you're basically saying is I've got work ahead of me this weekend. Thanks a lot, William. A little bit.